This is episode 526 for November 2018, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. And that opening song is called Eight Years in the Making. It's from the uh, Spider-Man PS4 game by Insomniac. And before we get to our interview with Brian, I want to thank some people that make this podcast and our website possible each and every month by supporting us through Patreon, patreon.com slash crawlspace. So thank you to Mayor, Michael R., Swiftser, Frenzetta Hulk, Jonathan, David, Dowd, Thomas, Lee, Ricky, Matthew, Frederico, Craig, Brian, Laura, Patrick, Andrew, Michael K., Hafskimo, JB, John, John P., Stephen, Stuart, Alex, Nick, Taylor, Will, Jose, Symbiobro, Common Omelette, Alex, Christopher, Frederick, and Alex. And if you would like to support our podcast, uh, log on to patreon.com slash crawlspace. And one of the uh, rewards at the $5 and up level is that your name is mentioned at the very beginning of each and every podcast. Also, you have an exclusive podcast that you get every month, which is Spider Satellite Reviews. So log on to patreon.com slash crawlspace to sign up and help support things you like, like this podcast. All right, let's get on with a really cool interview with Brian from Insomniac Studios. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to this special episode. We have Brian Intahar. He's with Insomniac Studios, and he put out this awesome game right here, Spider-Man for the PS4. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the Crawl Space. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And talk, first of all, let's get a little background. Well, first, I want to compliment you for making the best Spider-Man game I've ever played. And I've been playing them since Atari 2600. So thank you for that. You're very welcome. <laughs> what was the first Spider-Man video game you played? Do you remember? Oh, God. I mean, I know I definitely played the Atari. Um, I, I would say like, but like one of the, you know, and I played some of the, you know, Super Nintendo games, but I think for me, it really kind of kicked in when I did the, played the um, Spider-Man game for the PlayStation 1. It was made by Neversoft, who did the Tony Hawk games. Right. Really, was kind of that first time I really felt like Spider-Man in the game. And uh, yeah, since then, it's been Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. It's hard to believe that mo- that video game came out like in 2000. It's like an 18-year-old game. And that I thought that yeah. was well, – actually, I thought the Atari was the best we're ever going to get. So the graphics in our time frame have just uh, increased so much, and Spider-Man's a good gauge of how advanced the graphics have gotten. Yeah, it's one of those it's one of those characters that's kind of been with us for, you know, basically since the beginning of games, you know, like you said, since the 2600. Yeah. And it's kind of a good example of the evolution of the of the industry. So before we get into the game, let's get a, bit, a little bit of background of you and Spider-Man. You said your first one was the Atari you played. When did you when were you first exposed to Spider-Man? Was it the movies or the comics or what? Oh, I would say before that it was Underoos. Um Hurrah! I was an Underoos guy and I remember um, I mean, it was underoos and action figures were my, my, my two things. And I remember when I was really young, um, my mom used to tell me, and I don't remember this, but she told me that I was so obsessed with underoos and superheroes that what I would do is I would actually wear like up to eight underoo t-shirts at once. Cause I wasn't <laughs> sure which spider, which, which, um, superhero I wanted to be that day. Um, and then what I would do is I would take my, uh, Spider-Man action figure and I would, when she was shopping, I would like create different scenarios, like in the department stores and stuff. And uh, awesome. you know, from there, rolled into you know, obviously comics and cartoons. And then, obviously, when the Raimi movies came out, 
Um, it just kind of gravitated. And, like, you know, over the years, you know, would, you know, get into comics for a while. Then, you know, it, you know something would come, get busy and I would go b- back and forth. But, um, you know, since I graduated college in, you know, oh, God, it was at 2000 now. I'm an old man. And, uh, I, you know, it's been part of my life for a long time. Same. And we, I think we're about the same age. I'm 43. Are you about the same age? 41, yeah. 41, there you go. So so it sounds like you were layering your underoos. <laughs> I was. I really was. And it's, um, I wish I had a picture of it because um, the two things I can remember is I, I don't remember exactly, but I also remember having um, one Christmas I got these inflatable Hulk muscles. And I would, um, I would go around like flexing around the off, uh, around, around the house and thinking I was the Hulk. So you, you I, would make Lou Ferrigno proud. Yeah. <laughs> my two favorites. Okay. We're, we're instant friends right now. Those are my two top two Marvel. F- yeah. By the way, if they don't put Spider-Man and Hulk in the end Avengers four for some kind of scene, like I'm going to be so disappointed. Yeah, that's a real. That's a, yeah. That's that's a, that's definitely <laughs> uh, that would be a lot of humor there for sure. No doubt. So let's talk about your job at Insomniac. You're the creative director. So tell me what the creative director does. Uh, believe it or not, I do more than just play the game. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean I am my main job responsibility is to to come up and. Um, get the team to understand what the overall vision for the game is. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, what are, like, you know, we kind of say, what are our pillars for the game? Um, what are those three or four big tentpole things that we're going to build the game around? And um, on the more day-to-day stuff, I'm definitely um, very much involved in crafting the story, working alongside our writers, our Marvel team, as well as, you know, a bunch of other people at Insomniac, as well as our publisher, Sony. Um, and then, you know, obviously day-to-day helping people with whatever they want, whether it's a review of a mission, combat, swinging, um, playing some of the side content, looking mm-hmm. at the art, reviewing cinematics, going to the cinematic shoots, um, talking with our publisher, Sony, talking with our partners, Marvel, make sure they understand what we're doing, getting their feedback, helping bring it back to the team, understand how we're going to do it. So um, it's a it's a uh, kind of – it's a busy job. It sounds sort of like a director of uh, like a like a film, but there yeah, are there are a director of video games too, aren't there? Yes, yeah. I yeah. mean, basically, um, that is that is uh, that is pretty much the equivalent would be uh, a director. But obviously, I would say that you know, even though my job is helping come up with the vision, um, a lot the, the the lot of the work goes is done by the team, and you know, yeah. really, you know, working with the various directors like our art director Jacinda, our game director Ryan Smith, um, and then many other people, our animation director Bobby, and all the different people to make sure that that vision is being carried through. Because, as you guys know, these games take a lot of different people to put right. together. It's a lot. You know, it's you know, I will tell you, whatever idea I had for the game only got better because of the team we had making it. That that early idea. What was your early idea? Because it's it's Peter Parker eight years in, I think. Yeah, that was one thing we said right off the bat was you know when we were brought with the opportunity of making this game, we knew we did not want to just do another origin story, and we found very quickly that people did not want another origin story. Mm-hmm. So uh, we said, well, what would be another time in his life that people would really be interested in? And I didn't want to do Married with Kids because we all know that hasn't had the best history um, <laughs> either in comics. And then we we're thinking, well, what what are times in our own lives that we can remember or really have a big impact. And I was thinking, well, when I graduated college, that was a really impactful moment in my life where I was, um, you know, out my own, paying my own bills, living my own for the first time, and also trying to make a name for myself in my career. I thought, wouldn't that be an interesting time to explore for Peter and have a a moment in in everybody's life, whether they went to college or went right, right to the workforce that they could relate to. 
Brian. Uh, we're also streaming this on YouTube, and, and Shane Norman says, I had those Hulk muscles, too. So the- yeah. <laughs> You should search on eBay if you can find how much those are. There is a picture somewhere. I have to talk to my mom about it, but there is a picture of me with the Hulk muscles somewhere. So um, that's one of my favorite things about the game is it's Peter Parker, uh, Spider-Man, eight years in. He is not asking Tony Stark for help. He doesn't have the Avengers come in to save the day like uh, Homecoming does. I like a smart, intuitive Peter Parker that creates his own stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, you're talking to one of the biggest Marvel movie fans ever. So, um, and I think what they do is great. I think that we wanted to do was, um, we wanted to tell our own story. We didn't want to just retell the same story that you've seen in the movies or even read in the comics, right? Mm Because you've experienced it before. Uh, That being said, we also wanted to be really, really um, true to the DNA of the character. And we understood if kind of our thinking was, if we understood what this character is about, we understand that, you know, the Peter side of him is the relatable, um, vulnerable, somewhat kind of cutely dorky kind of guy. Yeah. Um, almost like in a way that you just find them, you know, you just find them really fun. And then I'll say the Spider-Man who's much more confident, uses humor, humor, perseveres. And when those two worlds collide, that's going to make, that's what makes a great Spider-Man experience. Okay. And, we thought if we're going to be true to that, then we can take more liberties of like changing up some things like where Peter works, who he works for, um, his relationship with MJ, what MJ is doing, um, the inclusion of Miles in the same universe, and then like Norman as the mayor, uh, Triple J as the um, as the radio host, um, those kind of things. We felt like as long as we're being true to the character and the DNA staying the same – we can take more risks. Right. And as a Spider-Man fan, that's one of my favorite parts is when the normal Peter Parker life interferes with the Spider-Man life and vice versa. Yeah. And I, one of the most in the game that was most heart, well, heart wrenching was the text message with MJ. It's over. Like, yeah. I mean, that really pulled on your heartstring. Cause I've got, you've got a lot of time in this game and your break. The girl is breaking up with you. You felt it in this game. Yeah. I remember, um, that was one of the scenes actually added, um, as, as you probably know, video games are really hard to make. And, yeah. um, you know, sometimes what reads great on a page does not always come through when you're making, when you when you start playing the game. And, you know, we had to do some, you know, you like, you know, and you, you always hear you guys, the reports of, you know, Marvel doing reshoots, right? Because you're kind of, you're kind of looking at the story as you're putting together in the movie, the game, and just think some things aren't there. And actually that was one of the scenes that we added a little bit later in development because we knew we needed that emotional moment between mj and peter and it's that classic um spider-man dilemma where when spider-man succeeds peter fails and vice versa so he's just taken down martin lee yet he's having troubles again with mj so we wanted to kind of get that through and get it in a more modern take and as my friend said to me when he played the game i've had that text message before i've had that I've had that conversation. So it was a great job of our writers and our animators bringing that to life. No doubt. Do you have a favorite scene? That That's one of my favorites in the game. That's a great scene. Uh, God, I would probably say the final uh, – well, two scenes, and they both involve Otto. I would say the, the scene where um, they're the ball juggling um, about halfway through where mm-hmm. Otto reveals um, his illness to Peter. Yeah. And just because that was actually the first – the first time we shot with um, Peter and Otto together on stage, um, we, I just knew the chemistry was there and those scenes were going to be really special. So that kind of really stays pretty true to me. Right. But I would say that um, the scene where after Peter has defeated Otto and yeah. that kind of final um, 
that final confrontation where you really see the, the true emotion of a Spider-Man story. Mm-hmm. And you kind of question is, well, is, you know, when Otto talks about his identity and stuff, um, mm-hmm. it, is Otto changed forever? Is Otto now really Ock forever? It's, it's one of those things. I just feel like it has a lot of layers to it. And, um, not to mention it's the end of the game, and I'm like, oh, God, we actually did it. It's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that fight on the side of the of the, uh, the building was really fun. That was yeah. I, I liked that a lot. And that was actually something that, I, funnily enough, it wasn't actually. It was funny about three, you know, three years before that, when we were just kind of con- con- concepting like some really big moments in the game. We had a moment where Peter and Otto were fighting the side of a building, mm-hmm. and then it started making the mission. We kind of got away from that, but then we we went back and we said, well, what's that fantasy we want to see? And we talked about that moment of them fighting on the side of a building, you know, him sticking obviously with his Spider-Man abilities and Otto using whatever arms he has left. And we just thought it was really that nice final, that final emotional moment where it's really just raw strength and power that they're using. And it's very emotional, um, especially with the music and what they're saying to each other. So again, I give all the credit to that mission team for delivering on that. They, that, yeah. they, the ending, we'll talk spoilers. The ending, Aunt, you killed Aunt May, dude. What? <laughs> she, was re- she was really mean to me during one day of shooting, so I said, let's kill her. No, no. Well, well the um, old woman's died several times in the comics, so, I mean, she gets yeah. better. But- you know, I think that one thing, you know, I think that some of us go through when we get older is that people close to us start passing away now obviously some of us lose people earlier than others but i think that is a sign one thing i've noticed as i gotten older is that you know hey people that were really important to me um are not around you know my grandfather passed away when i was in my you know my 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 20s um you know same thing with uh, a couple of my other grandparents i was extremely close to my grandfather and i definitely left a mark on me and i felt like it kind of reminded me hey i'm getting older there's gonna be there's gonna be loss there's gonna be um there's going to be choices. And I think that we wanted Peter to, you know, a lot of, a lot of us called this um, his next coming of age story, his journey of becoming an adult. I think dealing with loss is something that um, people do um, suffer when they get older. And um, we want to see how Peter would handle that. And I thought that um, the other thing is we didn't want to do it for shock value. That was really important to me. Um, so actually, you know, we went back and forth, whether she was, you know, do we kill her? Do we not kill her? And, I actually had some people come to the company a little bit later in development and we just had them play through. And I said, do you feel like the, the death was earned? Mm. And I said, Oh, definitely. And um, so um, I think again, mixing things up, surprising people and for Peter, the um, it was well, like we were talking earlier, that was an ultimate Spider-Man's world colliding with Peter Parker's world. Does he give yeah. her the antidote or not? Yep. And he chose to be the hero by sacrificing someone he loves. So yep. I, I, it was very much earned, I thought. But it, it, it was a curveball, and I didn't see – I didn't think you'd do it. <laughs> I, I thought yeah, – We, we yeah. went back and forth on it a lot, and I, we just felt yeah. like that uh, it, was the, it was the ending that needed to happen um, as much as we loved Aunt May and the person, uh, Nancy Lenari, who played her. Uh, uh, we just felt like that was, that was the right move for the game. Javi and YouTube chat wants to know if Amazing 400 was an influence where Aunt May died. Um, you know, not really. Um, I, I tried not to. I tried to use the comics as a um, as a way to understand all these characters, not just to repeat a storyline. I'm sure there's things that, um, like you said, like Amazing 400 brings up the Aunt May death. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to just tell 
the same story you guys have uh, people have read or experienced before. Um, not to say that hey, it's been almost what it's like, like fifty five years of Spider Man comics. It's they've covered a lot of ground, and it's mm-hmm. hard to surprise people. Yeah. Um, we want to do it in our own way, so I would say that we really use the comics to understand where the character has gone, where is he going, and understand the, the DNA of all the characters, both Peter, MJ, as well as any acquaintance and or villain. Yeah. And the Devil Breaker says, I've never seen this ending in Spider-Man media actually stick. It was so beautiful, I felt for the whole moment. So, yeah, well, Spider-Man perfect. fans are digging the ending. Thank you. Now, if you now if you would have killed Marissa Tomei, we would have had problems now. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, we were talking about uh, changes from the source material. Peter was working for Doc Ock. Norman wasn't the goblin. He's the mayor. Mary Jane's a reporter. Miles' father dies. Talk yep. about those changes. Well, let's start with Mary Jane as a reporter. How did that come about? So it's a really great question. I think that it wasn't that we wanted to make her a reporter. That what we wanted to do was um, we wanted MJ. MJ is a great character. And I mean, there's a reason why she's in the game because I'm a big fan. Awesome. But I wanted to make sure that we weren't. Um, I feel like the story of the model and the, and the club owner has been told a lot before. And I really didn't. Maybe I'm just not smart enough, which is totally possible, um, mo- most likely. That <laughs> how do we tell the story, um, a really rich emotional story between Peter and um, MJ, where we see those two worlds collide? And yeah. we thought, well, and also make her a much more capable contributor to, this, to the story. I, we really wanted, you know, right off the bat, we said we don't want her to be the next dam- another damsel in distress. We Thank not, goodness. Thank we goodness. We did not want to do that. It was, it's, it's been done before. It's very dated. And... Um, you know, here at Insomniac and in my life, we have some really amazing women who are amazingly smart, talented, and very, um, very capable. And we wanted to make sure that we're representing that right way and representing that in our Spider-Man universe. So we just figured, well, what kind of role that she could kind of be in Peter's life, but also somehow involved in the Spider-Man side. And we thought, well, a reporter would be really, really – that would be a, a logical move. So it really was – the higher level idea of making her a much more capable contributor to the story that would cross over the speeder and Spider-Man stories. And we just landed on a reporter. And, you know, dating back, like I told you, I've been playing almost every Spider-Man game since Atari. The 1990 Spider-Man game was the first damsel in distress of Mary Jane. And, and I think it's been repeated over and over and over. And I'm, I'm glad that she's such a great character that making her just yell help is an injustice to the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, also, changing Ock to be uh, his coworker or his mentor and Osborne. These are his two big villains, and they haven't become villains in your game, but the other ones have. Yep. Yeah. So um, we, I think that um, in many ways, writing a villain is harder than the hero because yeah. it's so easy to put them in a. What I call like the mustache twirly area where it just kind of feels like they're being a bad guy for the sake of being a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who said this. I do remember Dan Slott um, t- quoting it on Twitter many years ago. The best villains are the heroes of their own story. And that was kind of the philosophy we went through with everything. So with whether it's Mr. Negative or Otto, especially, we want to make sure that people, under, players understood the motivations of the character. Um, they, they felt three dimensional. There is a, not only there is an emotional 
angle to what they're doing. And what was really great was that we had the Mr. Negative character to kind of drive, to let us do a little bit of a slower burn on, on Otto to kind of build that relationship. So when he does finally become Ock, it actually hurts a little bit more. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, the thing that was been really been great to hear is that some people, you know, I kind of, this is like the stages of dealing with Otto for players. They see Otto in the, that second mission, they go, Oh, he's going to become Doc Ock. Yeah. And over the course of that, that act and the next act, you start to go, well, is he going to be a bad guy? I don't know. Cause you're just, cause you start to really like him. Exactly. And then we kind of obviously pull the rug underneath you and he becomes Ock. Um, and we thought that was just a really interesting way to handle that. Um, and, you know, in classic Peter and classic great, um, having Peter be partly responsible for creating one of his greatest villains. I thought we right. thought was a pretty cool angle. And it's, it's, I like that you don't take the obvious choice. You, 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 you do we kill Aunt May? Do we not? Uh, that the hard one is to kill her. The easy yep. ones to save the day and roll yep. credits. So uh, same with Doc Ock and uh, Norman. Uh, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? The, uh, the white spider logo on the chest. Yep. That's never been seen until your game. Talk about the decision to make, your own, here you made your when you see that you know that's your game that like there there's no other Spider-Man like that talk about why the white spider well you're kind of going down the answer but I'll tell you well yeah. first of all when we revealed the white spider I knew right away that um, people were going to be interested in this game because the amount of feedback we got on the suit right away was was um, I was like okay this is a very um, big topic and this yeah. is a very popular character um, and what we wanted to do was. I really wanted this the suit to, and you know, talking with Jacinda, our art director, we wanted it to really be a symbol for what our philosophy of the game was about. It was the, it was the idea of mixing with the familiar with the fresh, yeah. um, staying true to the DNA of the franchise, but not being afraid to mix things up. And if you you look at our suit, the, you know, you showed it on the box. It there's no mistaking that's Spider Man. You see the classic yeah. red colors, the eyes, just the overall design is very traditional. But there are some change-ups. You know, you see the, um, you know, he doesn't really have the classic boots um, that you're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the big one is the white spider. And we wanted something like we see it, you go, that's Insomniac Spider-Man. Yeah. And, you know, one of the other reasons, in, 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 when you play the game, you understand how the white spider comes to be. Um, for people who haven't seen, played it yet, that's, you'll, you'll understand very early how the white spider comes to be. Yeah. But there's also a very big benefit to the um, when you actually play the game, seeing that big white spider while you're swinging around makes it easier to see your character. Oh, that's 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 a good point. I yep. played the white spider throughout the whole thing because I felt that that was the universe. I oh, so I, cool. I played that, and, and I'm currently 94% done with the main mission, okay. and now I'm playing with the alternate suits. I just yep. I, I unlocked the uh, the Avengers one. I was playing with that the other night. All right, so what's I, your favorite one? Uh, I, get, I guess the white. I like the white a lot and the classic. And I like that you started the game with the classic. Yeah. Like if you would have started it with the white, I think that would have turned a lot of fans off. But yeah. introducing yeah. the white by Otto helping make it, I thought that was yeah. solid. Yeah, the suits are the suits are the one of the best things in the game, but also probably yeah. one of the most controversial things because yeah. it's 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 also kind of a sim it's kind of a good example of like we want to please everybody, but in a day, there's, it's hard to please everybody, and you know there are more suits on the way, and I think um, people are in for some really cool surprises. What, what is your favorite suit? Since you heard mine, <laughs> uh, I would say over. It's funny. I love the Infinity War suit because of the suit power with the arms. Oh yeah. Um, 
but because that was interesting enough, like one of my things I asked for really early was the iron spider arms. I wanted them really, really bad. Like I wanted them actually in one of the ideas I was talking about, like, could we, could Peter develop um, his own set of like arms to fight Ock and stuff like that. It wasn't, wasn't really working, but then we kind of started coming with this idea of suit powers. We, we, it was a natural thing. And I kept, kept poking and prodding because those, those arms are really hard to make. Hmm. And, Thanks to our combat team, they did it. But I would say, like, if I had to pick one suit that I really love, I love the homemade suit from Homecoming. Oh, really? The, <laughs> like, um, because the, the 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 job that the team did, um, just getting like it feeling like cloth, and even when he's hanging upside down, the little uh, tap, you know, the little um, like the lace. Oh, um, they fall down. Hangs, yeah. down. That's cool. But I will tell you. My favorite suit has yet to be revealed, and it's coming out in the next DLC Ooh. in uh, Force. My favorite, and I did, and it's not one that I was hoping for, but when I saw it designed, it quickly became my Ooh. favorite. There's a, there's a tease. I like that. Yeah. Um, talk about about uh, the deep cuts. I uh, like a, from a, from an album. I I heard some deep cuts in this game that I loved. Like on the uh, the Black Cat mission, he mentions the country singer Lonesome Pinky. And like you really got to be a deep cut to know who Lonesome Pinky is, the country singer. And also, he Spider Man talks about a Nazi skeleton covered in bees. Who well, came up with these obscure references that only well, true fans know about? Well, it's it helps when you have when you hire a Spider Man writer to help with the game. Okay, um, Gage, who um works with Marvel, he's actually writing the Spider Geddon right now. Yeah, and um, he worked a lot with Dan Slott on Spider Man. We hired uh, Christos to be one of our writers, and so like all the JJJ stuff is all Christos, and great. Um, you know, you know he's he's always a great. He's always looking for those those like the hardest of hardcore name drops or mentions, but also like John Paquette, our one of our, our lead writer Ben Arfman, our other writer, they're big fans. And you know when you start, you know we always, we're always looking for those opportunities to kind of wink and nod at the hardest of hardcore fans because we yeah. you know. Even like, listen, I'm not going to win a trivia contest probably against you or a lot of people, but I feel like I know enough. And we're always looking for those opportunities to, um, to, you know, make sure people understand, hey, we really care about this, this character in this franchise. Yeah. And I said it earlier, I love how Peter solves his own problems and he has a lot of tech. By the way, the web blossom, I keep coming back to. That thing just solves a lot of problems for me, where you splatter a lot of them on the wall. I, I love the tech in this game. And, yeah. and that's one of Insomniac's, uh, cornerstones is the tech right yeah i mean that was that was you know it was funny people ask me why spider-man i go because we're it's kind of a perfect marriage you know of you know we're known for between the way it's ratchet or resistance or sunset overdrive Mm -hmm. we're known for making fun weapons and gadgets and if you think you know peter peter's known for creating his own tech and creating his own gadgets so it kind of felt like a perfect marriage and we really wanted to push the um the science angle with pete we wanted to get the science engineering side we like again we mentioned you know the origin story has been kind of done to death. Well, so is kind of like the, the, the photographer, the daily bugle has kind of been done a lot. So we wanted to kind of move him up. And I really think the science angle really helps. Right. Uh, one, one question I meant to ask earlier on is how did the game come about? Did, did uh, Marvel and Sony come to you or how did it come about? Yeah. So, I mean, it's really, it's really an easy story. Um, you know, a few years ago we were finishing up sunset overdrive and Sony came by talking to Ted price, our president CEO and just happened to ask, would you ever be interested in working with Marvel? And I guess Sony and Marvel had been talking at the time. Um, I don't really know wh- where those conversations were going. And um, 
Ted kind of asked a few of us, and I was one of the first people he asked. And I, I think my quote was like, yeah, I'd cut off my left arm to work on a Marvel game. Because I, wanted, I really wanted to see those characters um, done, done as well as possible. Um, and I remember – and Ted's the kind of president, and you know, it's very rare that somebody – someone like Ted um, wants to do things that the, the team is excited about. I really think he really cares about making the, the studio happy and giving people what they work on, what, they, what they're passionate about. And I remember in a company meeting soon thereafter that meeting – Ted was talking about some future projects and where the company was going. And he just put the Marvel brick, the red brick up on the screen. <laughs> really hear everybody gasp. And that's when I knew, oh, we're doing the Marvel game. And then we just kind of figured out, well, what, what character do we want to work on? And, you yeah. know, I, I just said, well, it has to be Spider-Man. There's awesome. no one fits our studio better than Spider-Man. And it was just a good fit. And one, one thing that was surprising is it was a, a PlayStation exclusive. It wasn't released on Xbox. Is that because yeah. Sony had the idea or what was the it was you know yeah i mean obviously you guys know um sony is a hardware maker they 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 they've made the playstation and you know they're always looking for exclusives and this was uh this was a possible exclusive so um yeah it was just the right place right time right partners right partnership and um you know easily by far the the greatest four almost four years of my professional career so it was four years development of this game yeah roughly roughly between three three and a half four years yeah and you had some great casting too for voices. The, the Peter Parker actor is amazing, literally amazing. Yuri, Yuri Lowenthal is great, and you know, it's funny. Yuri was actually our uh, on Sunset Overdrive. You could play either, either a male or a female, and Yuri was the male voice actor for Sunset Overdrive. And I remember John Paquette going, our lead writer going, you know, Yuri, I think Yuri, I think would be good for this. And I was like, yeah, he probably would be, but you know, let's just let's look for somebody else. <laughs> we started looking around. We we're doing auditions and you know john would just say well what about yuri and i'd say no 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 that's not yet and eventually i brought him in and i put him through the ringer and i i really did put him through the ringer and i made him do like three or four different auditions and i remember it was coming down to two different people and they were both really really good it was yuri and somebody else Mm -hmm. and i just i was actually on vacation at the time and i was listening to their final samples they did for vo and i just closed my eyes and i said which one is peter parker and it was yuri and yeah he did um, he really made Spider-Man and Peter Parker who you heard. I mean, you know, he took the words that were written and the ideas that were trying to get across and just took it to a whole new stratosphere. Two other actors I think did a great job. The Mary Jane actress and yeah, the Mary Jane Jameson. Fantastic. Talk about those two. Also. Yeah, so Laura, Laura, as um, if, you know, she's she stars in a lot of video games. She was in, on, on Uncharted 4. She's going to be, uh, she was in Infamous. She was in Halo. She's in Gears of War. She's going to be in The Last of Us too. Um, oh, wow. She is. She is one of the most talented people I've ever worked with, and I think she auditioned for about three roles. And I basically said, "I'm like, she could be any of them." And, um, <laughs> That's and, a good problem to have. Yeah, it was a really good problem to have. And uh, and uh, I just, you know, we I brought her. We had cast Yuri first as Spider Man, and I said, "Well, who's going to work best with Yuri?" And we actually had. Laura do her final audition with Yuri and I knew within the first two lines they said to each other that this was our MJ it wasn't about whether Laura was going to be in the game it was what what role was she going to be in and once kind of we saw the the how important the MJ character was going to be to the story we knew we needed an we needed an actor who was going to uh, bring that level of um of talent to it and she just again just like Yuri killed it when it came to MJ how about the J. Jonah Jameson actor? Oh, Darren DePaul. So Darren- awesome. I, I, I never stop listening to him because it sounds like he's got a new line every time I'm swinging. He's great. Um, and yeah. the thing about Darren was um, 
um, Darren, um, he was one of the people first auditioned, and then we had some notes for him. And I, this is the first time this ever happened to me. Darren, we gave Darren some notes, and then he goes, "Hey, my next audition, can you guys just be on the phone and give me feedback?" And it was the it was the first time I've ever had somebody actually want live feedback on their audition for like a voiceover role. And when he started talking about the J. Jonah Jameson character. It was obvious that he knew the character really well. And I literally was like, is he like on his computer, like looking up Wikipedia and like just giving us stuff that we wanted, you know, but he knew the character really well. And then he just, I mean, as you guys know, he just nailed it. And when you take the stuff that Crystal wrote and then you take the stuff that Darren says, and it just is just, it's magic. I don't know if he looks the part, but he could totally be the MCU J. Jonah Jameson if he looks close to it. What I like about, what I really like about him is that it is very much J. Jonah Jameson, but it's his take on what Jameson yeah, can be. Right. And it's really – I mean like there was – in the uh, Black Cat DLC, I remember I was I was away for a while. I came back, and our game director, Ryan Smith, had me play through all the content. Mm-hmm. And there was one line in particular where I just like – like I didn't – I really lol Like I really laughed out loud. I was like, oh my god, this is brilliant. <laughs> um, so yeah, Darren, Darren's fantastic. Uh, that's all the questions I have. I'm going to open. I've got some on the message board, and I've got a couple from Facebook the other day. Sure. One is from Jack. He wants to know about uh, how did you guys go about nailing down what would be in the final game? Uh, well, it's a lot of things. We want it. We start with you know what kind of what is what's really what's the most important thing for the game. Um, obviously, we know that you know we we could you know that's why you create pillars. What are the three or four things that are really going to drive the whole experience and what we would do is, is this supporting those pillars? And then the second thing is um, the scope of the game. Do we, you know, can we make this game at the highest quality with the time we have left? And that kind of, that's what kind of drives the thing. It's the overall creative vision with the time we have left and, and, the, and the scope of the, and the people we have. And, you know, for us, it wasn't about, you know, creating a hundred hours of gameplay. It was creating as many gameplay hours as possible at the highest quality we could. And that's kind of the game you get. Jack has two more questions. He says, I imagine the development life cycle for this was pretty hairy. Anything you can say about it or any parts of it? Yeah, I mean, the, what I can say is that any video game is hard, whether you're working on a game for your phone or working on, you know, a triple, you know, you know, a big console game. Um, they're all hard. They all have their ups and downs. The highest are highs and the lowest of lows. Um, sometimes, you know, you come to you go to E3 and you think that, you know, this is, this is going to be it. This is the, this is this is it's going to be amazing. You come back to the office, and there's a lot of things that still need to be worked on. Right. Um, and every part of the game had their highs and lows. You know, at first it was like, all right, well, we need to need to make sure the story is you know what it what the story that we want. And you know, we went through a lot of iteration of the story, and then it was then it was swinging, and then it was combat, and then it was you know. So every kind of part of the game has those highs and lows. It's just um, you know being confident in your vision and understanding that your team is really, really talented. And something I had to learn as a first time creative director was, Hey, put the, put, put the trust in the onus into the team and 99.9% of the time, they're going to come up with something much better than you ever had imagined. You know, I had, and I had trouble because I was holding us so tight because, you know, as you know, and most of the time it's not a fear that, Oh my God, is going to be good enough. And if you just kind of trust your team, 
they will always, most of the time, they will always surprise you how good they can make it. That's awesome. No, don't micromanage. You hire these people for a reason. Let them do their jobs. I had to learn. It's something yeah. and I'm still learning. Um, and yeah. I, you know, going in the future, I hope I continue to uh, improve upon that. You, you mentioned web swinging. One of the best things about this game is the web swinging. I, because I, I finished the the main storyline, and yeah. I'm going around the city and picking up the those darn pigeons and uh, yeah. some other things. And I don't mind doing that with other games. I usually, I, I finish the main storyline. I kind of go on to the next game, but this one, well, I do love Spider-Man, but I don't mind because that web swinging is so fun. I mean, this, that this makes playing after the main mission still fun. Yeah. Thank you very much for saying that. I mean, yeah. we had a team, we had a team of our traversal team uh, working on it from the, that literally was the first thing we ever did was get the, get the character swinging around a very, very early version of New York City and to the point where they pulled the game away from us we were continuing working on it and I think you know as I've said to people around the office I go Spider-Man Swing has spoiled me in terms of how I get around other world world (laughs) games I just want to swing around everywhere to get so much than getting in a car or walking around Jack's last question he says there are lots of Spider-Man stories and lots of fans of all those different stories which were your which ones were your guiding star, things that you wanted to hold to so that you could know you were making a good Spider-Man game? Oh, that's a great – that's a really great question. I think it comes – it kind of, as I said, it comes down to three different areas. Um, I think when you look at the original comics, it kind of is – that's where it all – I think you have to start where, start where it all began, and you have to look at those original comics. You have to look at Amazing Fantasy 15 and those first you know, six to 12 issues where you really start to understand what is the DNA of this character. I think that um, I'm a big fan of Brian Michael Bendis and the Ultimate series, and I think that what that showed us was, you know, that that as as much as it is a very true Spider-Man experience, you did see him kind of change things up from time to time. Um, you saw the relations between him and Gwen and MJ were different. Um, you know, even the look of the Goblin was very very different than the version you saw previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those different th- how, what what is the you know obviously venom was very different it you know it was something developed by pete's dad and, not, yeah. and his father yeah kind of showed us hey if you if you were if you got the dna of the character right you can do things change things up and you won't you won't you won't you won't piss off people i guess and then the last thing is was dan slot was we talked to dan when, when we started working on the game dan was the spider-man writer at the time mm-hmm. and um he just very early on was uh, talking to him about, you know, since he is a Spider-Man writer, what is his process? And I think what Dan's story showed us was that you can go pretty bold. And even the very beginning, it, you're like, where is this kind of going? By the end, you're like, that was a pretty amazing ride. For me, you know, I'll be honest, like, I didn't know where they're going with Superior Spider-Man. I'm like, Doc Ock taking over Peter's uh, body. I'm like, it's really weird. But then I started loving it, and I have absolutely fell in love with those comics. So I think that it was just kind of like, you know, sometimes like, hey, stay with us for a little bit. You're, you're going to be okay. As a fan of most of the Ultimate Spider-Man, please don't make the Goblin Big Hulk okay. <laughs> like they have in the Into the Spider-Verse. I love Norman just crazy. Not a Big Hulk, but that's just a personal opinion. Uh, right. YouTubers, we have 40 YouTubers watching us right now. I'm going to I'm gonna ask them the message board questions that we have, and then I'll get to the YouTube questions. So if you want to start writing questions on YouTube, I will scroll back up and I'll ask them in real time after we get done with the message board questions. So so we've got – let me pull up the message board questions. we got Donna Mark. Uh, first question. Hi, Brian. Loved the game to death, and I'm eagerly waiting for the next DLC. Got a couple questions. What were the core elements of Spider-Man that you and your team felt had to be captured, and what aspects of past games did you want to avoid to bring those core elements into the game? 
I think the biggest thing for us is we wanted to really nail the idea of those worlds colliding. We didn't we didn't want this to just be a Spider-Man experience. We wanted this to be a Peter Parker experience. So yeah. for us, it was really important to um, show and experience the human side, the Peter Parker side of the story, as much as it was fun to swing around New York City and fight supervillains. So that for us, that was really nailing the human side and then making sure that we're representing both sides of the character, whether it's the relatable, vulnerable Peter Parker and the more persevering, confident, humorous Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, other questions. What went into the decision to construct an original continuity while staying true to a lot of the uh, foundational basics and history of the character? For example, there's a clear retelling of Doc Ock, Miles Morales, and the fate of Aunt May, yet with the backpacks, there are numerous references to specific stories from the Ditko area comics. And, and one of those backpacks, you have a wheat cake recipe. Yes, so, <laughs> I think I saw someone made that. I think it's a it's a doable recipe. They did. <laughs> they did. Um, yeah, I think for us it was like like I said earlier was, um, you Spider Man fans are so loyal and they've read and consumed or watched everything that do you really want to experience the same exact thing you've already read, watched, you know, seen already? Like we want to give you something different that you didn't know what was around the corner um so that was kind of our driving force of we don't want to be so different that you don't you don't think this is a spider-man a true spider-man experience but we also want to give you a chance to go hey i'm not really sure what's gonna happen i think i might know what's gonna happen yeah but maybe it doesn't and i think the example like doc doc ock is a great example that um obviously mj's role miles Peter being older. I mean, just those things were, it's it's different, but it's not so different that you can't right. connect to the character anymore. Like the white spider you were talking about. It's a little, it's different. It makes it yours, but you still recognize the character. Exactly. Uh, Big Al has a question. Thank you so much for a compelling game, he says. I've been a Spider-Man yeah. fan for 20 years, and it's been a long time since the Spider-Man story hit me as hard as yours did, and it's becoming one of my favorite renditions of the character ever. Uh, first question, what are your thoughts and feelings about the Spider-Man 2000 game? You said that was one that is, you loved the most. Yeah. He also wants to know about its sequel, Spider-Man 2 Enter Electro. You know, I don't remember the sequel as much. Um, I yeah. think for me was it's the the one thing about the that that NeverSoft game was just it was a he was a huge cast. I remember Venom being in it, and just yeah. it was a it was just a huge huge cast. And I was like, they really put their time and attention. Like you, like you said, um, for our game, they really understood the lore of the character and those mm-hmm. little nods and winks. I think the same thing for that game as well. Uh, second question: What motivated you to kill off Aunt May? Is it's a direction that most versions of Spider-Man tend not to take. Uh, again, I think that it was the st- um, we were telling a coming coming of age story for Peter, and we felt like that was um, what was necessary in order to complete that story arc. Yeah. Third question: Will there be any more spinoff media from the game, such as that hostile takeover? And by the way, thank you for making the very first Mary Jane pop out yeah. of your game. They've never made one, and I I love this. I think that's, that's so cool. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's actually, and you can um, thank the Marvel team for that. Also, Jacinda uh, Chu, our art director, she really pushed for that Funko. So um, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. And any other media uh, spinoffs coming up? Uh, like, there's the novel. There's a, there's an action figure I've seen. Yeah, there's an action figure. There's the Funko Pops, there's the comic, there's um, yeah. there's the novel. Um, I don't right now know of anything else. Who knows? There are probably things cooking. I don't I don't know. There's, Can't confirm or deny anything right now. Spider Geddon is in the comic stores yeah. right now. Yeah, and he, he's so. a starring role in the Spider the Spider Geddon uh, storyline going on right now. So that I mean, I'd yeah. say that was pretty crazy to see our Spider Man on a cover of a, of a Marvel comic was pretty insane. 
You know, uh, yesterday was Halloween. Did you have any spider cops trick or treat? Because I've on Facebook, I've uh, seen so many spider cops. I've seen spider <laughs> cops, shirtless Spider Man, and <laughs> um, and then a lot of people at our studio actually dressed up as different Spider Man. We had nice. Spider Man UK, we had Spider Gwen, we had a Spider Punk, which actually he won. Arabi, our one of our um, members of the core team, our engine team, he actually won the competition. He mm. actually created his own Spider Punk uh, guitar, which was oh awesome. nice. Um, we had someone dressed up as obviously our white spider, Spider-Man. So, um, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. That that white spider suit has been cosplayed a lot at conventions. I mean, you probably see it on your Twitter and Facebook all the time. Yes, I do. I remember, you know, cause we were, you know, obviously whenever you change the Spider-Man costume, people get, there's a lot of conversation around it. Yeah. And you were like, Oh God, did we make a mistake? But then I remember. It was a it was a convention very soon after E3 when we announced. It. I think it might it, it it probably was even before Comic Con. We saw people cosplaying as a character and we're like, okay, <laughs> like it, we're okay. <laughs> uh, Masked guy from Fresno, California says thanks for c- creating the best Spider-Man video game to date. Uh, what are some of your favorite Spider-Man stories from the comics? Did they influence the game in any way? Um, you know, I think it. Outside of like a particular storyline, I really tried not to let my favorite storylines totally impact me because I didn't want to. I was I was in fear that it would subconsciously become a story that we would write for the game. Yeah. But I think like, um, for example, like obviously, um, you know, the death of Gwen Stacy is one of my favorites, and then um, mm-hmm. I I really love the way that the Ultimate Spider-Man handled the uh, the Venom storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually. I uh, was a big fan of the back in black um, when Spider-Man, you can start to see if Spider-Man really wanted to use his full strength and how he goes after Fisk, um, that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, I, I'm actually a really big fan of Spider Island. I think it's a really fun <laughs> storyline. Like that's just one of those like really out there storylines. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of them. And, you know, uh, you know, obviously uh, Craven's last hunt is fantastic, right? Oh, yeah. uh, we don't have Craven in the game, um, but just like terms of like, um, to me, it really showed how much you can make a, a, um, a character very emotional um, and have really complex motivations, which is great about Craven. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why that sto- – to me, it's really about a story about Craven. It's not a story about Spider-Man at the end yeah. of the day. Um, and I think that those – so all the, the classics that people love and then probably some surprises. You, you said Craven wasn't in the game. Do you, were there some villains that were on your wish list that you had to narrow them down and take them out? Or? Um, they were more about – the people that ended up being in the game were the ones we wanted. We yeah. obviously, you know, you start, you know, I, um, I think there was about three or four other villains we were considering for like, you know, kind of optional content. We just kind of, you know, it was in the, the day they were going to make the rest of the game worse because it was going to take us too much time. Right. So, you know, they just, they fell away, but you know, who knows? Maybe one day. Ha- having black cat be one of the DLCs is great. I mean, yeah. the, and the redesign of her suit looks great. I haven't actually downloaded it cause I'm going to wait till I hundred percent it, but I'm looking okay. forward to that. And I've never bought DLC before. So you are getting my money. <laughs> yeah, I'm really proud of the, you know, um, that was a lot of hard work uh, for us to do to get, you know, um, to, you know, roll off Spider-Man and then start working on this DLC. And, it, and hopefully when you play it, you'll, understand, you'll see that it's really high production values. The story between Black Cat and, um, and Spider-Man is really, really good. Um, and it, it just feels an extension of the main game. So I hope that um, – and there's more fun surprises um, underway. Any, any – uh, before I get to the next question, the any areas when you were playing through it, you just got stuck? Like – 
thank goodness that you have the skip option of those circuit boards. I uh, I am yeah. not a math guy or a science guy, and it, and I wait until that happens. I hit skip because I can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that always stumped me. Game development is always hard. I mean, I would say the auto fight was definitely took us a long time to yeah. fight, right because we knew the expectations were so high for it. So yeah. that went through some iteration. I would say combat definitely was, you know, was very challenging because of, again, expectations of the character. Yeah. Um, swinging actually was every, everything is difficult. It's, it's degrees of difficulty, I would say. Sure. But I think our experience on, um, on Sunset Overdrive, which is a very heavy based game on Traversal, um, we, we were able to get a kind of leg up on that faster. Story was definitely a challenge because we had never told a story this in depth and this, yeah. um, this really deep um but you know thankfully the writers this the animators and everybody in between um really really wrote the equation because we know at the end of the day marvel is all about story right and it starts and and ends with story and we want to make sure we were doing that the right way dc marvel fan guy uh says uh You've crafted great renditions of Peter, Otto, Miles, Martin, May. Uh, first question, what happened to Martin Lee at the end of the game? Did he get recaptured, or is he still at large? You, you'll, you'll find out, maybe. <laughs> uh, are Wilson Fisk and Herman Schultz still at the raft, or did they escape too? Are Mysterio and Lizard still at large? Uh, I will tell you, Fisk and Shocker are in raft. I cannot talk about those other characters. Okay. Uh, is this the last time we'll see Vulture in this universe, considering his terminal condition? These are all potential future game questions i'm guessing yeah Yeah. i mean you never know i mean like i think you know i would love to be able to tell you uh exactly what the future holds i think that right now for us the focus is on making sure those three um post-release drops whether it was black cat recently the next one coming out turf wars is silver Silver lining that those are the those are what we're focusing on right now and um you know those other characters we love them and um only time will tell uh, his last question is, we actually saw the bar with no name in the game. Yeah. Will we be able to go into the bar and maybe see Boomerang? Or that would just be a fun little mission. That would be a fun thing to go into that bar. It's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Javi from uh, Austin, Texas. Thank you for the most amazing Spider-Man game yet. As we just Great. had Halloween, what suit from the game have you most enjoyed? I like seeing, very positive. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, what suit from the game have you most enjoyed seeing come to life, either at cons or trick-or-treating? He says, my son went as Spider-Cop this year. Oh, my God. That's, that's, <laughs> that might be the winner. Spider, someone be Spider-Cop. And that's something, you know, uh, Spider-Cop is a great example of, mm-hmm. listen, there was never an intention of doing Spider-Cop. The, the, the original versions of that mission had nothing to do with Spider-Cop. And, you know, it's one of those missions where it's a little bit, heavy on being like a tutorial I'll tell you how to kind of deal with the crime system and it was really one of our writers Ben Arfman who's just trying to add a little more um, just a little more spice to the to the flavor to the to the experience and he came up with Spider Cop and I remember even going to John Paquette our lead writer going I don't know if this is going to work and John's like yeah let's just record it who knows and thanks to Ben he's totally right and we <laughs> he nailed it and it took on a life of itself so that's an example of like select, when a team has a gut feeling let them go do it yeah. and uh that's when you get spider you, cop you'd never predict spider cop would be a thing but i love where he talked like spider cop i oh, thought that was so yeah, fun what animated spider-man series is your favorite he asks uh what what is the one everybody loves is this is spectacular, spectacular spider-man is that oh it? yeah with uh, yeah. uh josh, josh keaton, keaton as yeah. spider-man's voice yeah yeah for sure that's so, the one i love that one he was the he was electro wasn't he in the game 
You Josh was? Keaton? Yeah. Yes, he was a villain this time. I, I Josh Keaton's such a cool dude. I, I've interviewed him on this show, and and he was such a Spider-Man fan after he got the uh, the series. He bought a Mini Cooper, and he put Thwip on the license plate, and he put a big Spider-Man thing on the top of his He's Mini great. Cooper. Yeah, Josh is awesome. He's such, such a t- another talented guy. Yeah. Uh, he asked Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy, what do you like? Well, MJ's in the game, isn't she? Ah, there you go. I knew we I knew we would get along. <laughs> you know, if we get I like Gwen a lot too, so it's not about that I don't hate I hate one, but you know, I just felt like, you know, Mary Jane was someone we wanted to explore. Yeah. Do you know if we'll get any more uh toys from Hot Toys? I, I guess did Hot Toys make the uh Oh the I don't know. I just know the ones that we've revealed so far. I don't I don't know anything yeah. on that. Okay. He also wants to know what villains didn't make the cut. We kind of talked about that. Craven, you were talking, thinking about, and and yeah, I, mean, I really, I, you know, I really. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of, you know, that's one thing. His rogues gallery is pretty great. Um, yeah. Um, actually, Craven was really never considered for the, for the, for, for Spider-Man. Okay. Um, uh, you know, for you know, the, the, it did, really wasn't really working with the game that we were making. Um, but there's a ton of, you know, obviously he's got a lot of great villains. You know, yeah. it, there was never a we don't have enough. We don't have enough characters to choose from. Yeah, he's got one of the best rogues gallery of all time. He does. Uh, um, let's go to the YouTube questions. I'm going to work my way up uh, from the bottom to the top. Uh, Enigma wants to know: Is there a Spider-Man costume that features the Ratchet and Clank T-shirt? <laughs> yeah, there's not. That's a good idea. There's not. Uh, gr- uh, let's see, Ryan. Oh, r- greeting from Brian's benevolent insomniac teammate. What can we? Can we? We can do about three more questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> He wants to wrap us up. Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry, Ryan. I just saw this. Uh, too late to ask Brian about any love for uh, Cletus Cassidy. Oh, uh, well, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know right now. Okay. Um, Cle- uh, well, you. I mean, isn't he's already going to be? In, he's going to be in the Venom sequel, right? So, uh, Woody Harrelson, that giant afro. Yes. <laughs> My, please don't put that in there. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Anything? Do you see anything you would like to answer in the I, I, in the YouTube chat? Uh, Tomb, Tombstone was great. I just I, I played that recently. Yeah, uh, Tombstone's great. And I have to say, I uh, looking back, I wish we had more with him. I think that he ended up being a great character, and um, definitely um, would um, would uh, I would think we could ex- we could expand him further. Um, it's one of my probably one of my bigger regrets uh, for 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 this game. Awesome. All right, man. You, I appreciate you taking time. Anything you would the the, the Black Hat DLC is out now. Yeah, so you can and download we have that. Four is coming out uh, soon, uh, and uh, very soon. And then after that, Silver Lining. So it's going to be a very big uh, fall of Spider-Man. So it's going to be it's going to be pretty fun. So uh, okay. if you haven't, and the great thing is, um, you know, you can, you know, it kind of continues the story of uh, uh, four we whipped Spider-Man one. So. Um, definitely finish up that game, and you won't have any spoilers when you start Black Cat. Awesome. All right, Brian, you were a good sport, man. You took a lot more time than I, I expected, and, and thank you for giving us time tonight, man. Oh, of course. My pleasure. I would love to. You're welcome. Hey, did you like that episode? Well, it's important to support things that you like. So uh, if you could, please go to patreon.com slash crawlspace and help us pay the bills and make sure more episodes come out into the future. Again, that's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash crawlspace.